As you watch this teaching, please subscribe, like, and comment so more people can see it. Welcome to Home Group. My name is Rick Renner. This is Thursday night. And this week, we've been looking at what it means to be in the right place at the right time. And that's where we're going to pick up tonight. But I want to remind you that if you need prayer, we are here for you. Jeremiah 33, 3 says, call unto me and I'll show you great and mighty things. We believe that verse. And if you'll send us your email or give us a call, we will call out to God in faith. It's not just enough to call out. You got to call out in faith and God will move in your life. We've got so many testimonies of our friends and our partners who have received answers to prayer after they've written and asked us to pray with them. And we would love to pray with you. I've got a testimony. Hey, Paul. I just got some good news today. We had a church member in church. Oh, well, obviously, a church member that was sick with COVID-19. And he was in the hospital for a few days. And he just texted me and told me that everything's fine. They're sending him home. He's feeling well. Praise God. We're so glad to hear that people are getting better. Amen. Man. Hey, but you can also download right now for free, this study guide called Being in the Right Place at the Right Time. Just go to renner.org. You can download it right now. You can order the whole series. The introduction to every one of these programs was filled on location in Antioch. You'll love seeing where the church in Antioch met, and the teaching is amazing. You'll love it. And we're also offering you my book. I'm going to read you just a little bit today from this book, The Will of God, The Key to Your Success, Positioning yourself to live in God's supernatural power, provision, and protection. And you can also order this at renner.org at our store. And there's so much on our store. But Joel, what do you have in your hand tonight? Hi, everybody. It's good to be with you tonight. I have a, a little plaque I put together. It's, it's, it says, Six Signs Know the Will of God. And it came from one of your teaching series. It did. Called Knowing the Will of God. And I think it really has a lot to do with today's program. It does. We're talking about being in the right place at the right time, knowing the will of God. I think these little points were very helpful to me. Well, what are they? Well, there's only six. Number one is the voice of God, the voice of the Bible, the voice of the Holy Spirit, the voice of your own heart, the voice of spiritual leaders, the voice of circumstances, and the voice of faith. And you talk about it in this series, it's like a green light. If, if, you, if you have many of these that are a green light in your life, you should proceed. Amen. But if you don't have enough that are correct for you, you probably should press on the brakes, slow down, reassess the situation. But I think this, these little points were very helpful. Well, Joel, that's from this series called Knowing the Will of God. And I had such a good time teaching that. It's just so practical about how to know if you have a green light, a yellow light, or a red light. You know, I know people want to know, how do I know the will of God? How do I know if I'm in the right place at the right time? It's really important. Thanks for bringing it. That's from your office, right? It is. And also it has Bible verses on here like Ecclesiastes 3.1. You have a purpose. You are not a mistake. That is so true. Amen. This talks about Ephesians 1.4. Before God laid the foundations of the earth, he made a plan for you. Amen. Matthew 16.25. Whoever says, <clears throat> saves their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life will find it. Romans 12.1 and 2. Present yourself as living sacrifice. Hebrews 10.7. Jesus came to do one thing and one thing only, to do the will of the Father. I think those verses are so very encouraging. And God has a plan for your life, and he wants to be you to be in the right place at the right time. Amen. 
Well, Denise, welcome. You look really pretty in that red top. Well, thank you, Rick. And I'm enjoying this series because it's so important that we be in the right place at the right time. And that God, God is didn't just like, you know, throw the dice and just uh, like figure out your life. He had a plan and he has the Holy Spirit as our guide to guide us into the right place and at the right time. Mm. And he loves us so much and he wants to, he wants us to come into that place that is right for us. Because when we're in the right place for us, we'll be in the right place for other people. Well, there's a ripple effect. When you get in the will of God, it has a ripple effect in other people's lives. Yep. Right. But let's go back to Acts chapter 13, verse 1. You guys ready? Mm -hmm. This is our anchor verse for this week. Listen to what it says. Now there were in the church that was at Antioch certain prophets and teachers. The word now, we've already seen the Greek word day. It's a mark of exclamation. Wow, it is amazing. There were in the church, the word in, the Greek word kata, carries a sense of domination. So we know the church in Antioch really was dominated by prophets and teachers. In fact, the Bible says certain prophets and teachers. The word certain in Greek is the word usen, which really means to flourish, to exist. They were flourishing. It was a flourishing spiritual environment. Prophets and teachers as Barnabas, Simeon that was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manian, which had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. Well, I'm sure that for the Apostle Paul to flourish in that environment, he had to deal with his flesh because he was more intellectually trained than anybody in the group. He was a theologian. And there may have been times when he heard his brothers say things that just seemed like nonsense to him. And he had to learn how to accommodate others. He had to learn that God moves through other people differently than him. He had to change the way he thinks. He had to adapt to his environment. He had to be modified to see that God really moves in a full color tapestry of other people. And I want to read to you Proverbs 27, verse 17, as iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. And when he was in Antioch, he was really sharpened for his ministry. Mm -hmm. That place really refined him. It sharpened him. Listen to Proverbs 20, verse 24. Man's steps are ordered by the Lord. He was not where he was by accident. God led him there to be sharpened in that environment. He was the apostle to the Gentiles. Gentiles. He needed training to minister to Gentiles. Now, I want to read to you just a little bit from the will of God, the key to your success. Listen to this. Being in the right place at the right time is vital for your preparation. So what environment are you in? Are you where God placed you or are you where you want to be? That's an important question. Remember, God knows what you need and is working a plan to develop the gifts he placed in you, but you have to allow him to place you in the environment he knows is best. And it might be that God has asked you to go somewhere and you have struggled with it. Hmm. You've asked, Lord, why in the world would you take me there? But never forget, man's steps are ordered by the Lord. Maybe the church where you're located right now is your Holy Spirit university to prepare you for the future, just like Antioch was a university for Paul. It could be God's training ground for you 
<laughs> to learn how to submit to authority and serve others. You need to learn that. That doesn't mean it will be easy for your flesh, but just be still and know that God is God. That's what we see in Psalm 46, verse 10. It may not be your final destination, which is hopeful, but it may be the needed step for you to get to your destination. Perhaps the environment you're living in has so much mental noise and clutter that you don't think you can hear what God is saying, but you can rest assured the Holy Spirit is working in you to find the solution because he wants you to hear his voice more than you desire it. This could be your spiritual training ground for crucial days ahead. And you need to learn the art of getting quiet on the inside, even in the midst of chaotic circumstances and external noise. So you can accurately hear what the Holy Spirit is trying to get across to you in that place. You might think the negative influence of the people around you or what you perceive to be negative. It's really not all the way you perceive it to be, but you might perceive it to be negative. It's hindering you from developing your gifts. That can be a very uncomfortable situation, but it doesn't mean God hasn't placed you there. Hmm. This is a vital lesson, and it will serve you well when it's time to transition into a season of greater responsibility in God's plan for your life. Another possibility is that it might be to comfortable where you are at this particular phase in your life. Your comfort zone may be hindering you from having to stretch and totally depend on God. It might be that you need to experience a little divine discomfort in order for you to grow and be prepared for the next phase of your life. It may be that you need to spend more time before God to renew your commitment and to be more dependent upon Him. Whatever is the case, it's vital that you stay open and allow God to place you where he desires you to be right now. And just as you trust the Lord to set you in place according to his will, you must also trust him to work in you while you're in that place. The right environment is a major key to finding and fulfilling his will for your life. So you've got to determine to yield to the process of divine preparation, be flexible, be flexible, like perfectly conditioned wineskins, joyfully receiving the new wine of the Holy Spirit and allowing God to form you and prepare you for the next phase in the place where you are right now. Amen. Amen. Any comments? While you were reading that, I thought of a few times when I was in the right place at the right time. But I'd like to start with the story of a friend of mine, Boris. Boris plays the piano. He plays the piano at church, and he has for years. But when he first came to our church, we already had a pianist. And it really seemed like we didn't need a second pianist. And he was studying in the conservatory, so he didn't have a lot of time to join rehearsals. But the pianist at the time got offended. In between the first and the second service, got offended. And he did not show up for the second service. In between the first and the second service, our only pianist disappeared. And Boris was in the auditorium. And Boris came backstage, walked on stage, and by the middle of the first song, all of a sudden, the piano started to play. Can I say something about that story? Okay, our pianist, who was very difficult to deal with, he was offended about everything, got really offended. Extremely talented. Very talented, by the way, Talent's not everything. Attitude's very important. He left. 
it's time for the second service to start. I'm the worship leader. Denise is the worship leader. She does not have a pianist. <laughs> and I'm, I'm on the front row praying, Lord, what are we going to do? And the Holy Spirit said to me, I've prepared somebody for you who has a heart after me. In that moment, the piano started playing. And I looked up and there stood Boris behind the piano key, behind the piano. And there was the man that God prepared. He had been in our church for quite a while. He was in the right place at the right time and he's been with us ever since. Yes. Okay, next story, also connected to Boris. Okay. So since Boris joined the music, the music team at church, and of course he's in the conservatory, he's studying to be a composer. What does conservatory mean? Because that's a word that most Americans C uh, It's our highest music education school in Moscow. It's where most uh, orchestra... It's getting your master's and your, your doctorate is what it's uh, it, getting. Yes. So he's, he's studying to be a composer. And of course, he wants to use all of his new experience, everything that he's learning, he wants to use it in church. And what conservatory was he attending? Tchaikovsky. Tchaikovsky, yes. You can't be higher than the Tchaikovsky Conservatory. Okay. So as a musician, I'm a drummer. And uh, especially at that time, I considered myself to be a very good drummer. I considered myself to be one of the best drummers. But most drummers don't use notes. They just kind of remember what to play. And you're supposed to be this fantastic drummer that remembers everything you're supposed to play at every single time. Well, Boris shows up and he's at studying at the conservatory and he writes notes for the drummer. I'm supposed to play by the notes that Boris wrote. I didn't like what he wrote, but more than that, I didn't like that I was supposed to follow his instructions. I didn't like that at all. I had an attitude problem. Anyway, time goes by. I learned to play the notes that I'm required now to play because we now have an arranger and he writes notes and everybody, the notes work for everybody. They should work for the drummer just like they work for everybody else, get in line with the, everybody else. Time goes by, and I'm not playing in the church anymore, but now, you know what? I expect the guys that are playing on the drums to play the right notes as the pastor. Now, I expect them <laughs> to do exactly what I was uncomfortable doing. Now, we talked about this yesterday. Sometimes the Lord puts you in situations that you're not comfortable with, but you'll need that experience later. Being in the right place at the right time is not always comfortable. But later, things work out and you understand, wow, that is exactly what I needed. And the Lord knew that in advance. And very often when you're in an uncomfortable place, you think, why am I here? Well, just hold on, because later on down the road, you understand why you were there. That's the truth. That's the truth. It's like when the Lord led me to the secular university, that's not where I wanted to go. I wanted to go to ORU. And he led me to a secular university. And I remember thinking, what in the world am I doing here? <laughs> working at a newspaper, writing articles for a newspaper. I was working in the back <coughs> shop of the newspaper. I was even setting the type. I was even working in the print shop. I was doing all this print, 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 write, 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 write. I was working in a Christian bookstore. I was learning Greek. Attic Greek, not New Testament Greek. I was learning like Aristotle, Socrates, Plato, thinking, why am I learning all this? And uh, I just wanted to get beyond it all. Well, guess what? I needed all of that. Today, I'm a writer. I needed all those skills. I did not know at the time I was getting what I needed. It was sharpening me. 
When I worked in the back shop and I typeset type, I learned all about typesetting. I learned all about graphic design. To this day, when I have a new book that's about to be printed, I approve the final version. I worked in the, in the back shop where they printed the newspaper. I learned so much about printing. Even worked in advertising. I learned how to market, how to get what you've done to people. I use that today because I want people to read my books. And I kept thinking, why am I doing all of this? You know, God had a plan. Mm -hmm. I was in the right place at the right time. And guess what else, guys? In the Greek department, Aristotle, Socrates, Plato. I remember reading Aristophanes. Ay, 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 it is so hard to read. Plato, the Crito, the Apology. Oh, it's so hard to read. It is the best foundation you can have for the Greek New Testament. Most guys just study the Greek New Testament and they lose all the foundation under it. God put me in an environment where I was getting something. I didn't know why I needed it. It was the foundation for what I do today. That's amazing. And the whole time that I was doing all that, I kept thinking, why am I here? Why am I doing this? And then God led us to Arkansas when we got married and I served Dr. Bennett. Well, I have to tell you, that was a really tough job. Serving Dr. Bennett, the godly man, the strictest disciplinarian I've ever met in my life. Paul, was he strict? Yes. What did he say to you when he met you like 30 years later? He said, do you know the Ten Commandments? Did you read your Bible every, every day? It was like immediately. It was like, not nice to meet you. I'm so glad that you, <laughs> you, know, I'm so glad that you carry my name. None of that. It was... It was, you need to get serious about your life and you need to get serious fast because life's coming at you pretty quick. You know, one, one person who worked for Dr. Bennett said, Dr. Bennett only wanted you to work 14 hours a day. He just didn't care which 14 you worked. I mean, he just expected maximum. He was really, uh, he, he was quite unique. He was a heavy hand in all of our lives. And there were times when I thought, and you know what he made me do? He made me teach the book of Romans. I did not want to teach the book of Romans. Guess what? That was really important for me because it helped form my doctrine at an early age in my life. I was 23 and 24 years old. It required me to dive into the book of Romans. And I remember thinking, why? Why does he never let up? This man is just pushing on me all the time. You know what? I needed it. It was good for me. As iron sharpens iron, the Bible says. Mm -hmm. And if you'll have the right attitude, every environment that you're in, it will sharpen you for the next phase of your life. It really, you can get something good out of any place where you are. You can. And I'm absolutely certain. I'm just convinced of it. Paul was in Antioch for eight years. You know why I think it took him eight years? Because I think he was having to work through his attitude. Now, I can't base that on the Bible. I'm just telling you what I personally think. The reason I think that is in because 1 Thessalonians, the Apostle Paul says, as we were allowed of God to be put in trust with the gospel, even so we speak. That word allowed, the Greek word dokimadzo. Trained. Nope. To be put through the fire. He says, before God finally let me launch out into my own ministry, 
Dokimadzo. He put me through raising, blazing fires to purify me and deal with me. And I believe that while Paul was in Antioch, his arrogance was dealt with, his prejudice was dealt with, his narrow-mindedness was dealt with. He saw that God did things differently than he would have ever thought God would do things. And I think it took him about eight years to get it all worked out. And the moment it was worked out, the Holy Spirit spoke and said, now I've separated them, send them forth, which is what we're going to talk about tomorrow night. How do you know when it's time for you to launch out? Denise? Well, I was just thinking eight years, that's short. It took Moses 40 it did. So I was so I was thinking eight years, that's encouraging. <laughs> but Denise, think about it. He was theologically trained. He could have been thinking, is this ever going to end? Oh, I can't even imagine him listening to them butcher the Bible or the Old Testament. And he knows it, knows it, knows it, knows it. And he's like, what are these idiots saying? <laughs> but he was but, but, a fellow elder. But God was dealing with his pride. And, 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 you know, it's hard to serve the Lord and him move through you with pride and arrogance. And also, you know, you can hurt people with that kind of stuff in your character. And, and so God was working on Paul that he wouldn't have that pride and that arrogance so that he wouldn't just smash people and hurt them, but that the love of God would come out of him and that God could keep building and building and building his church. Joel? The Bible says the steps of righteous man are directed by the Lord. So that tells me I just need to trust the process and be as righteous as I know how <clears throat> and pray that God directs my steps. I think that's the truth. And we sometimes don't know why we're in a certain situation, but later on we know. I have an example. In Renner Ministries, we were redoing our website, and I didn't know why we were going to redo our website. I just, I just knew we needed to. Well, lo and behold, during that process, we decided to go on TV in America, and a new website was critical. And I had started that process well before we ever decided to go on TV in America. And God was directing our steps to prepare us to go on TV because to have a website was very needed, a newer website. Another example, we were changing some processes in the office that would help us do even more. I didn't know why we were changing those processes. I just knew it was time to do that. But if we had not have done that, when we went on TV, it would have overloaded that department if we hadn't made those changes earlier. God will direct your steps, and I think it's beautiful Whenever later you can look back and say, that was God directing me. I think it's so very encouraging to see God's work in your life. And you just have to trust the process. You know, the steps of righteous man are directed by the Lord. So let's just stay righteous and God will do the directing. I really like you said, trust the process. Because our steps really are ordered of the Lord. Of course, we have to be listening to the Holy Spirit. I have made some detours in my life I didn't need to make. But... Let's trust the process. God is in charge. I think that we are led more than we realize. You know, you look back on your life and you think, wow, it's a good thing we did that. It's a good thing we didn't do that. You know what? I didn't like that person at the time, but well, I learned so much from that. You can look back and see that God can use everything. There's a book in Zephaniah that says, despise not the day of small beginnings, small, begin small beginnings, and almost everybody despises them. But you know what? Everybody has to have a beginning. 
You have to have a beginning. Nobody starts out on a big stage. You've got to start somewhere. I know that in the ministry, if you look at the people today that are really, really well known, you think, wow, they just seem like they just appeared out of nowhere. No, they didn't. No, they didn't. Study their story. They began in the Sunday school class. They began by setting up chairs. They started somewhere that was unknown. They had a small beginning. And every one of those places were really, really important. I'll give you another example talking about chairs. In the church where I met Denise at the university, before I ever got an opportunity to teach the Bible, the elders called me in. They said, Rick, we're so impressed with you. We want to really give you an opportunity for some serious ministry. Oh, I was so excited. I thought, oh, they're going to ask me to teach the Bible. I said, yes, 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 I'm ready. They said, we want you this Saturday to start setting up the metal folding chairs in the auditorium. I was so offended by that. But you know what? I learned to set up those chairs. I prayed over every chairs, prayed in tongues. Then they called me back in. They said, we have another job for you. It's time for a promotion. I thought, finally, 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 I'm going to teach the Bible. They asked me to clean the coffee cups after coffee house. Then they asked me to clean the carpets. Well, you know what? At the time, I didn't like that. God used it. Do you know over the years, setting up the chairs really had an impact on me because as the years have gone by and we've moved to multiple facilities, I know how to achieve maximum seating capacity because I was in charge of chairs. Everything you're in can equip you for the future. You just have to have the attitude, Lord, I don't know why I'm here right now, but I'm going to get everything out of this season that I get out of it. Somehow this is going to help me in the future. And of course, we're talking about being in the right place at the right time. Paul was in Antioch. There he was serving with Gentiles, royalty, Romans, pagans, slaves, different skin colors. And I am certain based on his words in Thessalonians that it was a fire for him to be in that place. It doesn't mean that God put him through a fire. Just his own character was, a, he, you know, sometimes you are your biggest fire just dealing with you. But he clearly says by his own testimony in Thessalonians that that fire was required for him to be really ready for the next phase. God had to eradicate some things from him and give him some things. And he got it all in Antioch. It was the right place to prepare him and to get him ready to launch out. And after about eight years, he didn't go to college twice in eight years. It was like going to the university twice. After eight years, a day finally came in Acts 13, verse 2. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, here it is. Separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work whereunto I have called them. I mean, he must have sang a song of praise. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Finally. But you know what I've learned? If you want things to move quicker, then you've got to be more willing for God to work faster in your character. Mm -hmm. You're the only one worried about time. God has lots of time. God never is concerned about time. You're the one worried about time. If you're not willing to work on your character, to be changed, and to receive what you need, God will wait and wait and wait and wait and wait because God has a lot of time. If you want things to move quicker, then you've got to say, okay, Lord, 
change me now. Get me ready. Let me get everything I can get in this environment. And God will change you and dispatch you. He'll send you out. If you need prayer, contact us. Write us at prayer at renner.org or call us 1-800-742-5593. And when we come back tomorrow night, we're going to see about that golden moment when the Holy Spirit finally says, you've gotten what you need. Now I'm going to send you out. It's going to be good. See you tomorrow night. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. If you enjoyed that teaching, please subscribe, like, and comment so more people can see it.